I'm here with Dequan Watson, one of the new members of the Commander Advisory Group, as well as host of the Color of Magic podcast. Um, Dequan, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, this is uh, well-timed with the news just coming out this past week. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we at NXS News are really excited to hear about it, about yourself and Rachel and the others as well. Um, my first question is... When did you first get into magic? What was your first experience with magic and how did you how did you discover it? It's actually kind of a weird, I don't know what the best word would be, like coincidental situation. Like I was actually on a field trip in high school and I stopped in the mall. I can't remember why we stopped even. Maybe we were just like, you know, get the kids out of the bus for a little bit, you know, reconvene in two hours. But I stopped in this store that just had like games and trinkets and stuff. And I saw some people talking about this thing called magic and they're trying to explain it. And it's like, oh, it's like D&D stuff, but with cards. And I'm like, well, we've played some D&D. That's kind of cool. So they're explaining it to me. And I'm like, OK, well, there's two decks here. Like, which one should I get? Now, at the time, it was unlimited and revised sitting on the shelf. And they're explaining it to me saying, well, well, revised has all these cards from these other sets called like Arabian Nights and, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, then I guess that's the one I want. It has more cards in it. Like, you know, later I find out that's probably like now a $10,000 decision. But I end up picking those up. I, I'm reading through this the little rule book in there, you know, on the way home. And then I realize about halfway on the trip, like, oh, I need a second deck. So I'm like, oh, well, this is no good. <laughs> so I just like toss it in a drawer and don't think about it for the better part of a couple of weeks. And then I have a friend who comes back from visiting his brother and he says, man, my brother taught was trying to teach me this game and, you know, and he's explaining it. And I'm like, why does that sound familiar? And I'm like, wait, is it called magic? And he's like, yeah. How do you know? I'm like, oh, I have some of those at home. He's like, oh, sweet. My brother gave me one of his starter decks. So then, of course, we hustle back to my place and then we decide to go back to his spot and we play, I don't know, probably 50 games of the worst possible magic out of starter decks for hours on end. And that led to everything else now. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone has that experience of worst possible starter games. Yeah, you, you kind of you just start somewhere back where like crawl worms were good, you know. <laughs> uh, and you've been playing pretty much continuously since then, right? Yeah, and that was like late 94, early 95, somewhere in that window. Yeah, that sounds about right for Arabian Nights. And being a player for that long, when was it that you were introduced to EDH as a format? Uh, what's funny is I don't know if I had like a proper introduction. It's just one of those things I've always known several judges that were in the magic community. And, you know, they would tell me about, oh, yeah, we have this thing we play at like Grand Prix and Pro Tours sometimes just to have something to do after hours. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. So I explained it to a few people. We made some little like sample decks. And this is I don't know. It feels like it was probably 15 years ago at this point, but like, and didn't really play much. And then at some point, I remember some, I don't know if somebody wrote an article or whatever, but some of my local players who were like, Hey, yeah, I read this thing and this sounds really fun. We should play it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the thing we we're talking about, you know, a while back. And since then, you know, just maintained a deck and played off and on, you know, it's not something I play heavily, but I always carry a deck with me so I can play like maybe if I'm waiting at, with somebody at like the airport or I'm between rounds at a big event waiting for something to start. Like it gives me something to do that's on the casual side. Yeah, that's that's all really good ways to stay in touch with the game. Um, 
you and your partner Brian started the Color of Magic podcast in the fall of 2019. Is that right? Correct. That was in October. I think, yeah, I think October is when we launched that year. Right. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that cast? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I was in a weird position where I was actually part of the first Magic podcast called The Mana Vault years ago with a friend of mine, Eric Ellison from Austin. And we did that for, I think, about two, a little over two years. And it was originally hosted, I actually tell you how old it is, it was hosted, I believe, by Brain Burst. That eventually became TCG player. Yeah, you know, like so it was it was, for a lot of new players, they don't even know that site ever existed. <laughs> but yeah, and then later on, I just kind of looked around the landscape and all this stuff's coming up about, you know, different community issues and social issues and things that we just don't talk a lot about in gaming, right? So I'm I'm realizing like even a lot of the magic podcasts I was listening to at the time were really like strategy based or very linear focused on one topic you know, of the community, whether that was like, you know, deck building or limited play or anything like that. And not that any of them are bad, because I still listen to several of them. But it was like, you know, we don't really have anything that talks about other issues that need to be addressed. Like we see all these posts on Twitter, we see these posts on Facebook, you know, different message groups or whatever. But we don't really have a podcast that covers that. So I started thinking about other people I knew who had any type of experience as far as either podcasting, reporting, you know, uh, any journalism. And, you know, Brian came to mind. And coincidentally, I've known Brian at this point, I think for like, gosh, 10 or 11 years now. And, you know, I just pitched it to him and he's like, I've never done a podcast. I don't know if this is going to work. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I can cover you as far as that goes. But he's also, you know, a bit of a comedian. So it, it adds some levity to things. And I figured we'd work well together. But we did have a real long, probably, man, probably about a good two hour plus conversation one day where we just said, okay, if we do this, are we prepared for the negativity that comes with it? Because we we decided, like, we're going to talk about all the harsh issues when there's something publicly that people don't want to dive into or, you know, whether that's something that involves sexism, racism, you know, the stuff we had going on with the different artists, you know, just you know, we're going to be honest and open and really tackle these things. Like, we know people are going to be angry about some of this. Are we okay with it? And we decided yes, and we went ahead and went for it. And so far, it's been mostly okay. We've gotten our fair share, you know, <laughs> of, of negativity, but nowhere near what we thought we were going to get. The community has actually been pretty receptive to the whole thing. I know that had to be a relief for you to, to have it that smooth of a transition into something this serious. Oh, yeah. The thing the thing I'll say, too, that was interesting in learning is that podcasting in today's world, actually just content creation as a whole in today's society is infinitely easier than it was 15 years ago. Like Now I can set up an RSS feed, just go sign up for my accounts and boom, it's everywhere. Like before, wait, not not just that, we have amazing software to use. You know, like back then we just recorded on Skype and then had to hard edit it and then like share it you know if we had an outlet other than than uh i guess tcg player at the time you know it's like we had to find other ways to get it out there so whole different world now <laughs> it was recently announced that you were going to be joining the commander advisory group how far in advance of the announcement being made uh were you all let know uh, I don't know about everybody else, honestly. And we, as far as I know, we were all told independently. So I have no idea 
when anybody else knew. Uh, I know that I found out sometime between three and four weeks prior. I think we started talking about it, you know, saying, okay, do we have the time to dedicate to it? You know, how would we want to be involved, involved if we wanted to or not? You know, and just basic stuff like, hey, are you willing to do this? Are you prepared? Let's talk about where you fit in or your perspectives, all that stuff. And, you know, just kind of said, okay, cool. Well, this seems like it works for everybody. We're in, we'll wait till everybody's confirmed and all this. And then there'll be a big public announcement, which just came out a little while ago. Now that you're on the commander advisory group, uh, do you feel any additional weight or responsibility with your role in the format or in the community? No, not particularly, because I'm already a very community-focused person with almost everything I do, so it's not really that big a deal. And I, and I kind of just operate in the always informing, always teaching kind of mode, so it kind of works for that. The, the funny thing is, I will say already just a few days in, you know what I expected to happen happened, where I had something I had posted on Facebook, and one of the comments was like, Okay, well, now that you're a member of the CAG, like, how do you feel about this? And I'm like, that has nothing to do with the video. Like, why? You know, just like, I get it. You're a commander player. That's cool. But like, why? Why? Why is this here? You know, like, hit me up on Twitter or something. Uh, and matter of fact, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. It, I think everybody just wants to know somebody that's close, you know, to uh, get their opinion out there, or know who they can attack or judge or whatever. And matter of fact, one of the people I think in the thread with the announcement actually posted, well, I'd, I'd like to know the opinions of each person involved. I'm like, what kind of weird public interview is this? But I'm like, it's fine. I'll tell you like this. If it's casual, I'm probably going to give it a thumbs up. If it's super competitive, I'm giving it a thumbs down. And Rith is an awesome <laughs> dragon. I think that was my actual Twitter post. And I was like, that's it. That, that's my perspective. We're done. That's a pretty solid perspective. And I know that uh, as the public faces for the format, you all are definitely catching a lot of almost more it seems sometimes flack than the actual rules committee or even wizards of the coast gets yeah that's probably fair you know and that's to be expected i think anytime somebody comes off as more accessible like there's going to be people that just take those privileges you know i've had that happen already with all my other content, you know, I've had people try to be too friendly on a stream and I'm like, eh, I don't really know you like that, you know, but that's to be expected. Right? I tell people, if you're going to put yourself out there, be in the public eye, constantly doing outreach or whatever, at some point people build those relationships with you. You know, I don't want to sound like they're not crazy, like to build that relationship you with you in their head, but it's like they see you enough that it becomes comfortable. And you just kind of have to be careful and learn how to navigate that, unfortunately. But so far, it's been mostly okay. I mean, it's still early on. I haven't had to make a major decision. <laughs> I haven't been involved in too many like big discussions or anything yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think the idea, though, that's nice is they reached out to a bunch of people who all have different experiences. They engage with the format differently. They're all different backgrounds, different genders. Yeah, so if a discussion comes up, I think the average player at least at this stage, should feel pretty confident that somebody in that discussion shares your perspective. Like either feels a certain way about a card or how a combo is affecting the format or whatever. Like there will be somebody in that group that's for and against every one of these things. So I think that's really what the commander group is trying to like, is aiming for. Like just so 
nobody should feel that like, oh, well, y'all didn't really discuss this or y'all didn't really see this side of it. Or it's like, no, we're we have a bunch of different perspectives. Like I said, like if it's casual, I'm probably going to be fighting for it. If it's super competitive, I'm probably going to be like, nope, I don't care if it goes away. Y'all can fight over it. Hey, but, you know, there's somebody who's going to be on the other side of that saying, well, I only play competitive commander. I don't play casual commander decks. Right. So it, and that's OK. I think that's what you should have. Right. A little bit of something for everybody. That was one of the things that got this format to where it is. Speaking of the big discussions that the commander, that the CAG has along with the rules committee, I think for quarterly. Uh, is there any particular cruise? not crusade is there any particular hill you'd want to die on in those discussions we've seen we've seen a lot of the cag members push for a specific thing that they're kind of outvoted on um sometimes it's nothing it's never anything serious but is there anything you hope to be able to accomplish or push for for the format oh man i don't want to get people like shooting bullets at me um okay so honestly if i could just like if there were hills i could die on and commander it would look like the mountains of the Pacific Northwest. Like I, there would be so many, but the reality is I know not everybody engages with the format the way I do. So for me, it's simply just it most, for the most part, if things are functioning well, I'm, I don't really have a problem with it. Right. I accept that some people are going to have those seven, eight, nine, ten decks that they're going to bring that are super powerful, whatever. And I'm going to be playing like a five or a six all the time because that's the way I build my commander decks. So anything that's outside of that, like, I don't really have an interest in, you know, one of the cards I bring up a lot for people is a card like Humility. I'm like, I don't even want that to exist as a magic card, much less as a commander card. You know, so if at any point, I'll just tell you, if somebody brings up like, hey, we're thinking about banning Humility, I'm like, great, I will be the first one to second that motion. <laughs> like, but, but cards like that to me, like, I don't, any card that I look at and say, okay, with all my experiences with this card, how many of them have resulted in something fun happening? And I can't remember a time where something fun happened after a humility hit the table. So I'm probably out, you know? And that's kind of the way I view it. Like, I just want thing, fun things to happen. I don't care if I die to your, like, five-card combo. If it's fun and interesting and you did it on, like, turn 12, great. That's what the format's for. But if you're just making it to where people don't get to play Commander... You know, it's just like, eh, if you don't get to cast your spells and like your creatures don't do anything, like, why are we sitting here? Let's just move on to the next game. So that's probably where I'm going to be at on a lot of discussions. You're a very active Twitter user. You are on your Twitter a lot, just like a lot of other larger magic personalities are. One of the things we've seen discourse about on that site in particular is Watsi's involvement with the format, uh, both whether it should take stewardship of EDH or whether it should stay with the, with the RC and with some of the new mechanics they've been adding into the format, uh, whether directly or just alongside it, like Companion or the new MDFC commanders from Call Time. Um, so we'll start with Watsi, with a the theory that Watsi should take stewardship of the format. Do you agree with that, or do you think that should be more community-driven like it is? It's actually, I think, kind of a nuanced business thing that they could in theory at any point just say hey we're gonna make our official commander whatever and just have it but i think from a pr perspective they're just better served not doing it you know whether they have any type of involvement or not or whatever i think people already make narratives for themselves all the time like i've 
I've run a business. I've been at Watsi. I've been at other places that like people on the outside just make up things that they want to believe. So no need to feed that. Just let it be as it is. Like Wizards is making plenty of money off Commander products. I mean, we saw that last year. Everything that pretty much said Commander on it sold out at retail places. Whether you're talking big box stores or or hobby stores, right? So there's really no reason for them to change things as they are. Like just let things operate as they are, have a community group. And honestly, it takes work off Watsi's plate for no real cost. Like you have another group that's dealing with the decisions, dealing with the PR side of it, and they can just focus on making cards. Speaking of making cards, um, like I mentioned a second ago, a lot of people have the opinion that commander-specific products, like the commander decks or any card with the words command zone, as well as some of the newer mechanics like companion or the new commanders, are unhealthy or bad for the format. Do you agree with that, or do you think that we don't really know how they'll affect it until we try? Uh, again, see, this is where me being a casual player, it doesn't really affect me. Like, if people want to bring them to the table, I'm fine with it. If they don't, I'm fine with it. I just care as if your thing's fun. I don't care about what you're doing, really, necessarily. So for me, I think it's fine. You know, And the other part of this, I, I kind of bring up to people, because, again, I, I've fortunately been in the game tabletop game industry for 20-plus years at this point. And one thing I can say for sure about gamers is... They will, man, this is going to sound so awful, like, because I really do appreciate the community. But okay, I will tell you, there's a saying that goes around kind of like, if you put $100 bills in booster packs, magic players would complain with how they're folded. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like that, right? Because assume WotC never made anything for commander players. Like there weren't commander products. There's, you just occasionally got four or five cards in each set that might be useful in commander. At some point, players would be saying, hey, if this is the biggest format and you're acknowledging that it's the biggest format, why don't you make stuff for us? So like, it's going to be a can't win situation, right? You're either, you're either going to say we don't get enough attention and we should because we're the ones selling packs and driving prices and everything else, or they do make the thing and you're like, well, why are you trying to keep adding things to our format and get us to buy cards? Right? They're, they're, it's it's going to be a lose-lose no matter how they do it. So they might as well make money doing it, sadly. Okay, uh, we're going to pivot again, sort of backwards in this case. You, We talked a little bit earlier about your push for more diversity, more action in the community, as well as in just the whole game itself. Um, you've gone on numerous other podcasts, as well as the purpose of yours and Brian's podcast being to focus on those serious issues like that. From what you've seen amongst the community, whether it's content creators, players, whatever it might be, Um, or whomever it might be, what are some of the best examples you've seen of that type of positive change? I would say it's come up... Actually, too, I can... And I mentioned this on my podcast, actually. Just seeing people like Covert Go Blue and the professor over at Tellerian Community College actually, you know, saying like, hey, you're right. We, We haven't done enough, you know. And over the last... I would say probably six or seven months, you know, really trying to feature different people on their channel. You know, CGB showing up on different people's streams. He's inviting people on to his streams to, you know, maybe do community deck help stuff or different challenges with different people. And and I think that's helping. I, actually, it's doing two things, really. One, it is showcasing more people and really, you know, bringing 
people into the public eye that other people may not even know existed. You know, the other is I think it is kind of reinvigorating a small sense of community that, hey, no, we're all creating content. Like you don't have to not watch somebody else because you're watching mine. Like we all know each other exists. You know, nobody's fighting over, I mean, well, we shouldn't be fighting over views on YouTube. I mean, they literally get billions of views a day. Like you you aren't going to hoard all of those, right? It, with somebody like CGB having, I think he just crossed 100,000 subscribers recently. And I think the professors that are near like 500,000. I can almost guarantee you there's a different number of people that are subscribed to one and not the other. And that's totally okay, right? Like, but them helping each other is going to do no one harm. It's just going to lift everybody up. So I'm, I'm kind of glad to see that happening as a whole and seeing people using their platforms to say like, hey, yeah, this is a problem. You know, let's not support this other issue or this person. You know, even, even last summer, I was lucky to work with uh, FF Freak or... You know, as other people know him, Brad Nelson, I guess. But like he did a, a charity tournament, you know, and invited me to do commentary on there. And, you know, he just got together with some different people, said, hey, let's do this and raise some money for all the issues going on. You know, even just seeing an individual player take that initiative is something that probably wouldn't have happened two, three, four years ago. So, I mean, thing, I'm not going to say everything's better, obviously, there's, or we would, we'd be able to shut down our podcast tomorrow, you know, which would be awesome. But, you know, we're, we're at least talking about issues, raising awareness, you know, having real discussions that people weren't having before. I think it was very easy to turn a blind eye and say like, oh, we're gamers. Everybody's friendly. We do these big conventions. And obviously we all share the same vision. And it's like, no, there's still quite a few bad actors out there. There's some with very large platforms. Uh, some that I've even said, like, I'm aware of things behind the scenes I can't even talk about publicly for various reasons that still need to be dealt with. So there, there's a lot going on and, you know, things come to light over time. And my biggest thing is if I could tell people anything is that it's very easy to support or like, or share a thing that shares a negative view you have because you're angry, you're in a mood, you want somebody to commiserate with whatever. Said, so, but how you build your community is when you see the good actors, the people that are doing charity events, raising up other people, just putting out fun content that's different and interesting. Share those people, build them up so we encourage more people to do more of the things we like. Not just the things that like when we're mad, you know, oh yeah, well, this person's mad at Wizards. I'm, I'm going to go like that video. You know, <clears throat> get the people that are doing the good things every day in front of other people. You know, the best example, oh, excuse me. The, but one of the best examples we have right now are guys like, Mr. Beast over on YouTube that because he started getting popularity for doing nice things and giving things away and doing these crazy philanthropic things, you're now seeing other people on YouTube start doing it, right? So get those positive efforts in front of people. And I'm not saying we got to go like, you know, Mr. Beast does crazy stuff. He bought like a car lot and just gave cars away. But like, you know, we're not, most of us aren't going to be funded like that. But I mean, if you can just do something small, like when I see a fun video, I go share it on Twitter, you know, or on Facebook or whatever, or tell people in my Discord, like, hey, I don't know if y'all saw this person yet, but y'all should check it out. You know, when somebody's celebrating, like, hey, I just made, I don't know, Diamond for first time on the arena ladder. Celebrate it with them. Don't be like, well, you're not at Mythic yet. You know, like, fine. Celebrate all the small things that are awesome for people. Like, that's how we build stuff up. Well, um, that about wraps us up. Where can people find you if they want to follow up? 
Oh gosh, I am everywhere. Uh, usually you're going to find me at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, <clears throat> on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, <laughs> like Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you look that up, you'll find me. I do stream multiple times a week. I'm actually going to be doing more stuff on the YouTube or on the Facebook platform. Um, already have videos every day on YouTube, and you can find me a couple times a week on Twitch, or you can just look at my podcast, Color of Magic. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me.